Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. And welcome along to the Tuesday morning episode. It's another delve into the mailbag. See what we've got. I've been going back kind of a month or so for like ones that we've missed that haven't been read. Mm. And fuck me, there's a lot of shit there. Yeah. I think I mean, people are getting better. I think the standard has improved. So if you, the further you go back, the worse it is on the whole. But um, uh, recently, I think that, you know, I've been, we've been trying to tell people, keep yeah. it brief, make yeah. sure it's not shit. Mm-hmm. Um, just you and your mates being pissed, I can promise you, is less funny than it seems to you, right? Yeah. Um, get, um, getting locked out of your house is not interesting. And also, um, a lot of what you perceive to be sex fails were actually borderline sexual harassment sex by you. So, yeah. all of these, if they consider all of these things, and um, first and foremost, more important than any of that, keep it fucking short and punchy and live out, yeah. leave out the fucking unnecessary detail. If you follow those rules, you've got a fucking good chance of having your email read out. Yeah. And we're thinking of a new plan as well, that if you are one of the lucky counters to have an email read out on the show, um, you what will you will be able to pay us for it. Plan? Yeah, ah, it's a plan. Yeah, good plan. Good plan, if we one. if we read out one of your emails or tweets or anything like that, if you have content on the show, yeah, we will then be in touch with you afterwards, and the you invoicing. will send us you will send us money <laughs> for for publicising you. Yeah, good. I like that plan. I mean, I've just read one here from about a month ago. I'll just read the last line of the whole email, and it mm. just ends. I then put my finger up my mate's nose to secure my place as dirt track legend. I, I, I'm not going to tell you the rest of it because it's horrific. But I don't want to know why he'd share it with us. It was a burner email as well. He didn't Disgusting. want his name read out. I've got a good man to just read his name out and shame him. It's disgraceful. Um, before we've got a few good ones. Um, I've, I I've got a, I've got a hot story. <laughs> a hot story regarding my brother Castellani. We haven't had one of those in a while, and it came Abandon up yesterday. The delve. Abandon it came up the at delve. Sunday lunch yesterday, and it's so special that I really. I didn't have time yesterday to give it full justice, so I'm just going to tell it now. And okay. basically, I'm tell he wasn't round for Sunday lunch, but his wife was, and his wife is asking me about the live dates that you and I are doing, right? Mm-hmm. And she's she knew about them because apparently I didn't know this, but she's one of these people who goes on Twitter but never tweets, but looks at everyone's emails. Oh, lurker! So it turned out she said to me. <laughs> I've been looking at all the banal nonsense you put out there, right? Which I found a bit offensive. But anyway. Accurate, though. Yeah. Well, anyway, she said, so you're doing these live dates, blah, blah, blah. She went, so what will you actually do? Just do your podcast? I went, no, no, no. 
these are special shows. These aren't just two blokes mm. talking. This is we, there's going to be magic, illusion, um, deception, we will be con- deceptions, <laughs> contortions, fraud, acrobatics, fraud, <laughs> fanny powder, and of course, a glimpse of the afterlife. Anyway, I said there'll also be singing. There's going to be singing, and she Merely sort of went, singing. Well, I mean, is Andy a good singer? And I went, yeah. Why'd you say it like that? What, you think I'm not? Right? I said, anyway, don't worry about that. And jokingly, I said, I'll put a lot of practice in before this tour. She said, real casual, in front of everyone, she goes, well, you could get that person who taught Cass. And I went, Cass wasn't there. I went, sorry, what? And the moment (laughs) I said, sorry, what? You could see she went red and she realised she'd made a slip up. And I went... Cass had a singing teacher, and she went, yes, all kind of like a bit like, yes, so what? And I went, what? What the fuck did he have a fucking singing teacher for? And she went, recent. Yes, listen, she went, for Christmas, of course. I went, what? Of course, obviously. And she went, well, you were the ones who wanted to do a Christmas Christmas. karaoke at Christmas, right? (laughs) We were holding it at our house. I'd forgotten about this. But me and my wife had said, oh, after lunch, we'll do Christmas karaoke and everyone can sing a, kar- a Christmas, their favourite Christmas song, karaoke. <laughs> Casual. Just like you might say in passing, yeah. we'll, we'll, I don't know, we'll play fucking charades or we'll yeah. watch Only Fools or something, yeah. right? Oh, family, so, nothing at stake, just a bit of fun. Just a bit of fun. The mad cunt, right, it turns out, was going over to, I think it said Ealing or Acton, so it wasn't near. I thought, please God, let this be like someone who lives next door to them is a singing teacher, so he's just done it for a bit of fun. No, she went, well, yes, he wanted to do it properly, so he went over to get some singing lessons. He only did two. That's what she said. He only did two. Oh, well, that makes it all right. He didn't well, do the many, full set. How many songs did he do on Christmas Day? He sang with her fairy tale of new york about fucking eight times in a row and now we know why he wanted to get his fucking money's worth didn't he the mad bastard right they, he sang it eight times and i remember at the time you know he's just pissed he's singing it over and over again but now i realize he was waiting for someone to go wow Cass, yeah. that is a wonderful what how did you learn to sing so well anyway i've said well oh that's great i'm going to talk about that on the podcast she went don't talk about on a podcast there are some things that are for family consumption only uh, and yeah. i went what's it what do you what do you think he's gonna do fucking ruin his reputation as a gifted natural singer mm. no one thinks he's fucking stevie wonder right and that he was born <laughs> with a gift oh i want people to think it was all natural i've never and heard anything it was said like someone said i've heard some mad things about this thread like wildfire i come into work this morning and loads of other people know this is this went yeah. from the kitchen table yesterday to round everyone because no one can believe it. Friends and family and people, all know about it now. People believe a lot about Cass, but this is beyond the pale. This is almost like the maddest thing of all the mad things. This is worse than falling asleep in a nunnery, isn't it? Though, I mean, falling asleep in a nunnery is something you think, yeah, that could happen to all of us, I suppose. There, but for the grace yeah, of God, we've all been there. But hiring a singing teacher to train you for karaoke round at your brother's house where the only other people are going to be your brother, your sister-in-law, niece, nephew, and your mum. Yeah. I mean, I was astounded. Oh, I was astounded. And I don't. I still don't know how to fe- feel about it. But uh, there you go. Someone said it was the maddest thing they'd ever heard him doing. 
Yeah, it it seems like it is for the sake of doing one song on Christmas yeah. Day. I mean, mate, uh, I've got a small house, and by the time we got to karaoke, there was just a few. There's like eight people there. Most people <laughs> a little bit drunk. Some people asleep. The house is a mess. <laughs> It's a small house, and he just stands up, and there's wrapping paper everywhere. He's got his paper hat on from lunch, and he sings "Fairy Tale of New York." <laughs> the song he's, he's, he's had singing lessons, right? And the song yeah. he's chosen to sing is one that's sung badly by a drunk man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He hasn't even, he hasn't even fucking. Um, he hasn't even learned "When a Child Is Born" by Johnny Mathis or something like that. That takes a bit of yeah. range. Exactly. He's just sung something that just needs to be fucking slurred. Or, really, or even Boney M, long time ago in yeah. Bethlehem. So the Holy Spirit Bible says... you got to perfect the accent for that so you yeah. can do some lessons. I think we should do a, a Christmas concert somewhere, Sam. Just singing. Definitely. Just Definitely. singing all, all the Christmas you hits for you. It's TF Time Machine, so, <laughs> TF Tong, Song Machine's Yuletide Songbook. That's what we'll call it. And we'll both be wearing jumpers and scarves, and we will not talk or do any jokes or anything just like songs. that. Just songs. We will just sing. If there's one thing that's going to test the patience of our slightly dwindling <laughs> audience, it's that. <laughs> Is our audience slightly dwindling, mate? Oh, I was going to talk to you about that, yeah. Uh, no, no, it's, it's, it's fine. It's just... Um, you just think purifying, purifying it. I think thinning out the ranks a bit. Right. So you think it's, we it, do things like that, and it forces out the the ones yeah, we don't want it's, so it's, much. We've got lower numbers, but the quality factor of the audience that we have got is a lot higher than it used to be. Right. Okay. I think that's how I've interpreted the numbers anyway. All right. Um, Listen, mate, you shouldn't say things like that on air because we could have a potential. John William Hill might be listening about <laughs> to fucking hand us a big check. Yeah, well, tough shit. No, I'm only joking. The numbers are fantastic. They're rocketing up Good. towards the sky. Well, the tickets have sold well, haven't they? So yeah, and we've yeah, even if you're listening to this, few, uh, if you listen to this, you've a few t-shirts, mate. All of all that stuff. Yeah, if you're an Iron Filing subscriber, this ticket's gone on sale today for a London show, and the rest of the cunters don't get those tickets for another couple of days. So get on Is your. Is this the one at Leicester Square Theatre? Yeah, Leicester Square Theatre. Well, if they're on sale, they're on sale, I mean. Yeah, they're on sale, but there's a special code word right. for, uh, for the Iron Filing subscribers. I'm trying to book fucking nine different shows at once, and I, I can't know. keep up with everything. It's it's a lot it of is work. complicated, mate, and I appreciate it, yeah, as should thanks. the cunters. Um, now, uh, and the merchandise, right? We've got these fellas in Latvia knocking this shit out, and there's a um, You Fucking Do It cup that's been yeah. popular. Yeah, the, I, I think cup of drink has been the most popular. There's a right. dis and that t-shirt, a stray man t-shirt, stray man hoodie. All good. Few yeah. few people getting in touch saying you haven't got the right size. There's a lot of fat cunts, right? Yeah. Who are complaining there's there not be, double yeah. XL. So I'm going to add a double XL. Just and put all also the fucking co- sizes on from fucking three to four through to fucking Big Daddy. And then I couldn't. Um, I've a uh, few international cunters, mate. Quite a lot of international cunters complaining that we don't ship globally. So I'm going to have a word with the Latvians. Yeah, yeah, right. right. Hello, Sam. Hello, Sam. (laughs) What what do you want now? (laughs) Uh, Can you ship to Australia? No, fuck off. I told you. No way. You're a I'm busy doing your cups. You fucking leave me alone. Your stupid cups. I'm fucking busy. Why you keep calling? It's fifth time today. (laughs) First, you want double XL this and that (laughs) T-shirt. 
<laughs> now no. you want me to send fucking cup to Australia, you cunt. No, all the stuff is come over to UK only in container with the funny powder. Into the docks, that's where you get it. No I fucking where else. Sam, it all come, then you and Andy pick it up. You drive to my contact, you drop off funny powder, and then you drive round all the other stuff yourself. You deliver by hand, that's part of our deal. Dropping off your fucking baby cups. Fucking dickheads. <laughs> yeah, well... They are rude, the Latvian lads we've got working for us, and I think they yeah. might be on methamphetamine, but that's how they managed to knock so much stuff out for us. Yeah, that's about margins in that, isn't it? That's how yeah, it works. They're, they're doing a lot of their own fanny powder as well, apparently. They rub it on yeah. their bums. Make them work we... faster. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we read some stuff out that's coming? Yeah. Have yeah. you got anything? Because I'm fucking desperate here. Yeah, yeah, I've got some stuff. Uh, let me just... What I've done is I'm going to have to... Andy and I look at each other on WhatsApp so we can gaze into each other's eyes yeah. while we record this remotely. But There's sometimes a I have to... A lot of non-verbal activity goes on between us during these recordings. Yeah. yeah. Actually, so... I'll read one. I've got one that's quite good here. Yeah, go While on. you're looking for yours, this is from Jonah, and it's to do with uh, shaving balls, because we were talking about oh, that last week, weren't yeah. we? A lot, uh, yeah. He says, in 2012, I was rushed to hospital with a dodgy appendix that had decided it might kill me. And after the twat had been successfully removed, I came round from the general anaesthetic in a ward. All good, but sans appendix. After lying there for a while and making small talk with the nurses, I needed a piss. I gingerly get up and walk, shuffle to the toilet, lifted my hospital gown to relieve myself. I was shocked to find that half of my pubic hair had been shaved off. Yeah, they'll do that. Well, this is what he says. He says, I was so confused. I still can't work out, A, why they needed to shave me there. It's a yeah. good few inches below the area they had to go in at. And B, yeah. why just do half? <laughs> do you know this? <laughs> Have you had experience of this? It sounds to me, I've uh, I've heard before about people getting their pubes shaved for no reason in hospital. because do they do the, for fun? Well, you, do you know the NHS spends £100 million a year on implying... Pube shavers alone, right? right. And um, I think that's wasteful. But anyway, they've got all these pube shavers who patrol the wards. And what they're told to do is, is go in and prepare people for operations. But sometimes they go in and they're a bit... They don't pay proper attention to the, yeah. the um, info they've been handed. And they just start going willy-nilly. They Literally. just start shaving anyone. So there's some yeah. cunt who's there to get, like, a broken arm fixed up, and he wakes up and all his pubes have gone. Pubes have gone, And yeah. it sounds to me like one of these people, one of the pube shavers, was halfway through shaving this geezer's pubes, and then sister matron came along and said, What are you doing? That man's here for an appendix operation. There is no need read to remove his pubes. And they go, oh, sorry, I'll stop. Yeah. And he got it's- caught... It's probably a union thing. It's probably a union thing. If if the paperwork's wrong and they've been told to go along, even if, you know, the pubes don't need to be shaved, they do it anyway because they've been, yeah. you know, the paperwork's there. You yeah, can't sorry, mess mate. About. Sorry, mate. Union rules. It's more than my yeah. job's worth. These, his pubes are coming off. Yeah. But this is the um, ear, nose and throat clinic. I don't care. Don't matter. Don't, don't matter. The pubes are coming off. Read well, you the know, small print. Back. You're not going to fucking yeah. need them in an emergency or anything. You're not need them soon. And we did some um, tests, and it turns out they're Millwall. So you know, we thought you might want them off. I've, uh, I, I, before I started shaving my pubes, having discovered they were Millwall, I, yeah. um, I, uh, I've actually put my pubes to be donated in the event of my death. Oh, like a pube I, donation I, card. 
I'm a pube donor. Yeah. Let's. But now I've taken myself off of that because I don't want to give Millwall pubes to someone else. It'd be horrible for them. No, exactly. Why should I pass on that burden? Um, can you not? I've, can you not signify on the card what sort of club? The uh, the recipient has to support, so you could put on the card, my pubes are for Millwall fans only. So like yeah, for exactly. like, and there's not many of them about. Mind you, it would be interesting because if I do die soon, it's yeah. as likely to be at the hands of Millwall as it is anything else, isn't it? I mean, that'd be ironic, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. If one of their tra- every day, I am narrowly avoiding falling victim to one of Millwall's tricks, but sooner or later it might catch up with me, and then I suppose if I do die if i am slayed in south london in bandit country then there'd be quite a lot of people after my pubes who knows there might be some mill down there who are accidentally born with west ham pubes yeah they're looking you for could a do transplant. some kind of um we could we could possibly set up some kind of pube exchange on this podcast if you've got pubes of like, a, a club you don't support and you want to swap yeah. them yeah you know like swap shop with noel edmonds multi used to write in with toys noel they want to get rid of Multi- Noel Edmonds multicoloured pubes shop. Pubes, pubes shop. Pubes shop. Pubes swap. Pubes swap shop. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. So yeah. if you're like, say, for example, you're a Sunderland fan, you've got Newcastle pubes, Toon mm. pubes. Um, you know, write in, and we'll put you in touch with a Newcastle fan. You can swap your pubes over. Yeah. And you know, everyone's happy. Jalapeno. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Jalapeño. I was I went to West Ham Norwich away once and we were listening to this fucking mad phoning on like some no, local Norfolk station that we've never forgotten. This would have been the early 90s, but it was so remarkable, we've never forgotten it. And there was a bloke rang up, and it was a swap shop-style radio phone-in for local people. Yeah. And literally, the one call we always remember is one one bloke ringing out, and he's going, right, I've got a cheese plant, right? <laughs> You've got a cheese plant, and you're, you're looking to swap that out. Yep, yep, I want, I want, I'm up for swapping it. It's a nice plant, and... What are you looking for? Uh, ideally, a train set, right? <laughs> Geezer's called a fucking radio station to try and swap his cheese plant for a train set, which is weird. <laughs> and also, it's a piss take. There's no way that's a fair swap. <laughs> On the same trip, while we were listening to that show, we were just saying, God, fucking hell, it's true what they say. It's fucking weird in this part of the world, isn't it? All these weird bumpkins. And just as we've heard that call, we were a bit lost. So we pull over on a quiet sort of residential street because we were lost and said, mate, are we... And pulled up next to some ordinary looking guy, politely put our head out window. And someone said, mate, 
we're just a bit lost. Is this the right way to Carrow Road? And he did a double take and he fucking took off, sprinted up the street and ran down a bin alley without saying anything. (laughs) And that was just after I'd heard the cheese plant phone call. I thought, (laughs) fuck this, let's go home. Did he think you were going to get? He's going to kill you. Sorry, did he think know. you were going to kill him I d- or something? I don't know. There, there was no reason that that he should that he would have thought that. It was just. I mean, there was four blokes in the car, but that's it. I mean, it wasn't like we were being threatened. Him. We just asked him if we were going the right way to the football ground. I never seen a man move so fast. Well, you had to run away. I had to run away. I got asked a question by four blokes from up that London. Yeah, they weren't from round here. So he left. They weren't from round here. I think they were trying to get inside my brain, me knocking. <laughs> Uh, I anyway, thought they were going to ask me for my cheese plant. <laughs> <laughs> so I fucking uh, liked it. Carl Steele's been in touch. He said, just a short bullshit by a guy who was a friend of a friend at uni who I only knew as Sidey Rob. He looked like Noddy Holder. I think he later became an MP or councillor. <laughs> he claimed <laughs> that he was... He claimed that he was on a night out in Huddersfield and got so smashed that he was kicked out of a bar without his jacket and keys. When he got home, he realised there was no way of getting in, so he smashed the front door in. A neighbour called the police because of the noise, and when the police arrived, um, he protested his innocence, saying it was his own house. They asked him to prove it, but he couldn't find any post or a driving licence with his name on. But when they saw his giant Liverpool team lineup poster from the 90s, they asked him to name each player. He successfully <laughs> named every single player in the picture and the coaches too. So they were satisfied and let him go. <laughs> the sh- shit police, right? What sh- utter shit policeman that is. A lazy ah. Oh, have you got have you got uh, any ID like passport or driving license? No officer, sorry. Oh fucking hell. Have you got any utility <laughs> bills with your name on? No, I can't find any. Oh fuck me. Alright, look, um uh, yo, look, look at that. Name all them players on that. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. You got yeah, you got most legit. of them right. Yeah. See you later. Uh, to be honest, I just want to get home. I'm at the end of my shift, dear. The last thing I need is the fucking the last thing I need is all the fucking paperwork of a burglary. <laughs> I've got some more bullshit here from uh, yeah. Max uh, from his army days. He says, "He says I was in basic training with a Welsh lad, imaginatively nicknamed Taff. He had already warmed us up with some pearls from his time in the army cadets, including an episode where he was put in charge of some top secret information on a train and given a nine millimeter Browning pistol for security. And he ended up shagging a girl in the toilets whilst keeping the info handcuffed to his wrist in a briefcase. Beautiful." He says, in a bid to lure him into a massive whopper, I asked Taff if he'd ever trained with the SAS. That's, that's catnip, catnip for the that's, bullshitter, isn't it? That's really great, yeah. That's yeah, a good, good tactic. Lure him in. He says, I was hoping the regiment's Hereford base was close enough to his hometown for this to be remotely feasible. Fortunately, he took the bait. Taff regaled us with a story whereby he was due to go on exercise with the cadets and the SAS one weekend. He says, brackets, this would never happen. Time was of the (laughs) essence. So so he went to school on Friday wearing his cadet uniform so he could deploy straight from school as soon as the bell rang. Very wise. At around 3pm, a Chinook helicopter landed on the school field and two burly, moustachioed SAS troopers alighted, complete with weapons and personal (laughs) equipment. (laughs) 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 They then then tracked Taft to his classroom, I imagine by following signs of his movement, burst in, threw him a beige beret and told him to get a move on before they missed their RV time. 
Get in the chopper. (laughs) Get in the chopper, Taff. We're going on (laughs) manoeuvres. He says, with a a jaunty see ya to his teacher, Taff picked up his kit and followed them out of the helicopter. And um, Max then sums this up in a haiku. We haven't had a haiku for a while either, have we? Uh, He says, the haiku is, Tales of SAS by man eager to impress. Total fucking lies. Yeah, (laughs) nice. I've got a limerick, which I'll uh, tell in a minute that someone sent. Nice. Um, But talking of surprise helicopter landings, in the book, um, I'm Coming to Take You to Lunch by the uh, music Svengali Simon Napier-Bell. You ever read any of his books? Yeah, I've read one or two, yeah. Yeah, so I'm Coming to Take You to Lunch is the one about Wham. Have you read that one? I've got that. I haven't read it yet. Yeah, well, I'm about to tell you the best bit in it. Because he was but Wham's manager, wasn't he? He was Wham's manager. There's there's loads of good bits in it, but the be- my favourite bit is um, so Wham Simon Napier Bell was was Wham's manager, and he, throughout their glory years, and um, when they were at their height, they were asked to attend the record labels annual conference, uh, you know, corporate shindig, and it was in Bournemouth. Right. Yeah. And George Michael's like the fucking most famous cunt in the country. And he's gone. No, I'm not going. We're not going to Bournemouth for some horrible, tedious corporate event. Fair <laughs> enough. Why would you if you were George Michael? Fuck that. Of you just want to you know, stay at home being fucking George Michael, don't you? Yeah. Anyway, it, they've gone. The, so Simon Bell's gone. I'm really sorry. This is a free line whip. You have to come. You know, this is they don't ask you to do much, but you absolutely like they're really insistent because all their most important executives are going to be there and you're their number one act. He goes, all right, we'll do it. But on the condition that yeah, the label sends a helicopter to pick us up in London, fly us down there. And then as soon as we come off stage, I think they had to like do a talk and one song. We're flown yeah. immediately back, right? So he goes, <laughs> all right. And the record company, of course, agree to it because it's the 80s and they're wham, right? Yeah. So they get in this fucking helicopter and the whole story's hilarious because they go, you, you have to, usually still the case now, I think, you have to pick up helicopters at Battersea in London and they have to fly along the river. That's like the rule. And so he picks it up and it's really cloudy, right? And the and the helicopters like the uh, helicopter pilot's giving it like, well, I don't know, it's a bit dodgy today. And they're going, look, Simon Napier Bell's going, look, we have to fucking go, just take off. So they take off through the clouds and apparently the first thing they've done is that the helicopter guy's gone, Where are we going again? And they go, Bournemouth. He goes, Yeah, listen, uh <laughs> the best way to navigate a trip like this, right, is you just get out the A to Z and we'll follow the roads. <laughs> so George Michael and fucking Andrew Ridgely are in the back, right? And the manager, Simon Nathan Bell's up front with an old battered A to Z and they're following the fucking motorways, right? They're flying low enough so they can see the motorways and take the fucking exits according to the A to Z to get down to Bournemouth, <laughs> right? And and George is just fucking moaning in the back going, this is bloody ridiculous. Anyway, it's really super cloudy and as they get a bit nearer to Bournemouth, right... It's so clear they can't fucking see. It's raining, it's windy, and the helicopter's being chucked around all over the place, right? So they're shitting it, and the manager goes, just fucking land, land wherever you fucking can. We've got to get this helicopter down. And he goes, I can't see where to land. There's no gap in the clouds. He goes, right, first gap you see in the clouds, right? Just go down through it, and we'll fucking land where we land, right? <laughs> so the dry, the, obviously the pilot's like fucking not exactly that legit. He's the one who's already asked for the A to Z. So he's like, all right, whatever you say, 
Wave your sail, just fucking... There's a gap over there. So they spot this gap in the distance with a shaft of light coming through it, right? All celestial. <laughs> and he, he, he heads over to it, and they go, yeah, land here. Hopefully we'll be there or thereabouts in Bournemouth. They land, and they go, oh, thank fuck, it's a massive playing field. They <laughs> land on this playing field, right, seemingly in the middle of nowhere. And George and Andrew are like, fucking hell, I've got to get out and have a fag. That's a fucking nightmare. I thought we were goners. They get off the fucking helicopter and suddenly in the distance they hear this screaming and it's getting louder and louder, right? And they fucking landed. This is Wham! in the year 1984, at the height of Wham! Mania. They have landed on the playing field of a girls' school, right? <laughs> and the girls are all sat in their fucking lessons, right? Bored out of their fucking minds, right? Probably right doodling on their exercise books. I love George, right? They hear a fucking helicopter. They there sit there. They all they all climb to in and go, oh, look, it's a helicopter's landing on our field, miss. Oh, that's weird. Who is it? Oh, my God. And then they <laughs> go, oh, some people, are, some people are getting out. Who is it? Ah, it's fucking wham! <laughs> right? <laughs> and they've all just fucking... You know, like we've talked before about what happens if a fucking dog gets in your school, everyone goes mad. What happens yeah. if fucking George Michael gets in your school? They went <laughs> mental. And they all start, suddenly these girls start teaming out the doors and charging towards them. And George <laughs> and Andrew jump back in the helicopter and they go to the pilot, fucking go, go! <laughs> he fucking takes back Anywhere. off again and fucks off. <laughs> and the girls are all left on the ground screaming and waving at the helicopter. <laughs> fucking fantastic but that it's not it wasn't like Kevin Keegan leaving Newcastle he didn't piss all over them did he I don't think off. they did I don't, I don't know though some of the things George has got up to although usually they were uh, George's antics were never really mean though were they to other people nah he was well, well intentioned he was, he was such a good man he just sometimes you know did damage to himself more than anything yeah, it reminds me a little bit. There's a bit of footage I've seen of a documentary about Slade in the mid seventies at their absolute height, and Dave yeah. Hill, the guitarist, with the fucking uh, with the haircut, and um, he bought a massive house, and it's this footage of him moving into this new house, and it turns out it's next door to a girls' school, and all the girls are at the fence <laughs> overlooking <laughs> Dave's garden, all going, ah, ah, Dave, and Dave's like, oh, you had no idea it was next to a girls' school. Is yeah, Dave the, the, Dave's the one with the long straight hair and the, yeah, like, the angular teeth. hairstyle, yeah. But did the girls yeah. really like him as well? Well, it was Slade, wasn't it? They just liked any yeah, of them. Slade, yeah. Well, you know, you haven't got much of a choice, have you? It's fucking Dave Hill him or, or Noddy Holder. Yeah. Christ. Exactly. Fame does funny things to people. Yeah. I had no idea I bought an ass next to a girls' school. Yeah, no whatever, Dave. Don't Hill Hill's bills. No, what's going to happen? I've got all sorts of trouble here. Uh, have we got time for another message? Yeah, go I've on, got, I've, I've got more. a couple here. Um, all right, let's do Tales of a One-Legged 1980s Football Hooligan. Um, the, the, we'll try and keep these brief to avoid instant deletion. These tales fall into the artificial limb category, which is a category that I think was started last week under the, yeah. the umbrella of dad bollocks. It was Santa, wasn't it? Pissed Santa yeah. with a false hand. This concerns a local York City legend. He names him, but I'm not going to name him because he's a third party and we don't know whether yeah, that's fair. fair enough. He was a prominent member of the York Nomad Society, which I assume is their <laughs> firm. I didn't know that, but it's a fucking Nomads. good name. It's a really good name. It's like the York... They see, they're almost called the York Stray Men. If we <laughs> yeah. were ever to form a football hooligan outfit, that would be a really good name for it, Andy. <laughs> yeah. If we um, do, though, I'm going to... If we do that, I'm going to want to have a... Um, an organ donor card and a pube donor card about me person at all times. 
in case it goes off. If, if I if I formed a football hooligan gang, I would make it mandatory that every member signed a pube donation card before they joined. Yeah. It's only fair. Um, a group of fans who indulged in high-level drinking and low-level tricks around the lower league back in the 80s and 90s. That's who the York Nomads were, he says. Number one, in 1984, a supports trip to Yugoslavia included a trip to the beach. Terry detached his artificial leg and ran out of the sea screaming, Shark! Shark! Causing local families to panic and children to start crying hysterically. In 1986, Terry became the first football fan to be arrested at the 86 World Cup. He got arrested on the way to Mexico after getting pissed on the flight, refusing to put out his cigarette, climbing into the overhead luggage lockers and fighting with the staff. The flight landed in Texas, where he was met by the FBI and promptly arrested. Apparently, the (laughs) Sun ran a headline about a one-legged Englishman and four legless jocks are the first to be arrested in Mexico. Maybe check... (laughs) Maybe, he says, maybe check that one out with John Pigface. We will. <laughs> Mid-80s, Lincoln versus York. I was on the terraces with a group of mates when some Lincoln fans came over the fence into the York pen. There was a bit of pushing and shoving before Terry whipped his leg off and started twatting the Lincoln fans with it. They were left shocked and confused by the sight of a pissed-up bloke hopping around and waving his leg in the air. <laughs> can probably find you a few more stories of court appearances in the local papers if you need more that's nice isn't it i like the way that if you like i've got some stories about plot with one leg if you like it i can get you some more just let me know yeah right i've got right. a limerick you remember my story last week about the crack smoking man in bremen right yeah it's someone, mr paramore 1979 on twitter wrote a limerick about it. it goes like this there was a young crackhead from bremen who was also a bit of a strayman sam repeatedly helped but eventually yelped i can't fucking do this all day man <laughs> i Very quite good. like it yeah. wordplay i like it mm. right that's it from this episode um thanks bye see ya Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.